This is Rumble with Michael Moore, and I am Michael Moore. Home of my heart, I sing of thee, Michigan, my Michigan, thy lake-bound shores I long to see, Michigan, my Michigan. Have I ever mentioned to you that I'm from Michigan? So is the great actor Jeff Daniels of The Purple Rose of Cairo, Jonathan Demme's Something Wild, and of course Dumb and Dumber and so many other great films. He's also from Michigan. So I thought we'd kick off uh, today with Jeff Daniels singing our state anthem, Michigan, My Michigan. From Saginaw's tall whispering pines, from Lake Superior's farthest mines, there in the light of memory shines Michigan, my Michigan Thou gave thy sons without a sigh Michigan, my Michigan And sent thy bravest forth to die Michigan, my Michigan Beneath a hostile southern sky They bore thy banner proud and high Ready to fight and never to fly Michigan, my Michigan Kind of a sweet but uh, um, mournful song for a state anthem. Michigan lost a lot of lives in the Civil War. I think probably per capita, maybe even more than most other states. Michigan was an early abolitionist state trying to end slavery. There's a famous court case where an escaped slave was recaptured by Southerners who came up to capture slaves in the North, and that was allowed by the federal government until Michigan put its foot down and the courts in Michigan put their foot down, and then that was the end of that, and then Michigan became a beacon of place. If you could get to Michigan from the south, well, we're right there on the border with Canada, and then you could get true freedom because Canada at that point, of course, didn't have slavery. And so the state anthem makes these references to the losses of the Civil War. But it is, I think, when you listen to it, you'd think that the state song from Michigan would be something from Motown, right? Or Aretha Franklin, or Iggy Pop, or the White Stripes, or Madonna, or Bob Seger. There's so many great rockers and hip-hop from Michigan. Eminem. But no, this is still our state anthem. But today's podcast is actually quite a, a happy podcast because I want to share with you before we get too far away from our election and the great results we had last month, stopping the red wave, creating a blue wall. I want to point out what we did in Michigan that was so amazing and so overwhelming. And I think can provide a model for a lot of you in other states to follow what we did to turn the state around Talk about a, a blue wave. Talk about a blue tsunami. Full democratic control in all the top offices, governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state, attorney general, 
And on top of that, for the first time in 40 years, the Democrats control the entire Michigan legislature, the Michigan State Senate, the Michigan State House of Representatives, and our congressional delegation from Michigan for the first time in many years is now majority Democratic. Of our 13 representatives in Congress, seven Democrats will be sworn in on January 3rd in the United States Congress, seven Democrats in the House, and six Republicans, seven to six. And plus, of course, we have our two Democratic United States senators. We set a record for having the largest voter turnout in the history of the state for a midterm election. Massive turnout. We codified Roe versus Wade and actually improved on the Supreme Court decision and made it part of our constitution permanently last month. That and so many other things, all progressive ballot proposals regarding giving the people of Michigan even more voting rights, ending voter suppression, making it easy to vote, and another proposal that got into how politicians don't have to report all the money that they're collecting and hanging on to. Now they're going to have to do that and more of it. So all these good things are happening. I mean, you know, I I live up in Northern Michigan and in a fairly, you know, small town, 15,000 people year round in the town. And I don't know when the last time was we had a Democrat in the state house representing us in the city. And yet we elected uh, Betsy Kofia, a woman who's run before and got elected this time. We're all, I can't, we actually are going to have a Democrat in Lansing that we're going to be able to call when we need help with the things that we need to to fix still in the state of Michigan. And there were so many stories like that, especially in the area where I live is a fairly red area of Michigan. And our Congressman is Jack Bergman, right-wing Republican election denier, voted to uh, uh, with the other traders there on January 6, 2021 to overturn the election, overthrow the government, uh, keep Biden away from taking his seat in the White House. That's our congressman. So don't want, I want to make it sound like I, I live in some, you know, hippieville here, but we got Democrats elected. We got Antrim County outside of Traverse City, all red. I lived there for a number of years. When I first moved there, I, you know, I wanted to you know, go down and see um, how the Democrats are doing. Are there any Democrats in this county? I was told there were like four dues-paying members. So we started to organize. And I was not myself a dues-paying member of the Democratic Party. I've talked about this before. Nonetheless, within a couple of years, we had 200 members of the local Democrats. And and now, this year, there are over 400 in the county. And three townships were flipped from red to blue. You'd have to like live in this area to understand how that's just not possible, except it happened. So it is possible. And it wasn't just in in the area where I live. Throughout the state, we retook the House and the Senate from the Republicans who've held on to it for 40 years. Literally, it has been 40 years in the state of Michigan since the Democrats controlled all the top offices you know, at the governor and attorney general level and all that, and had control of the state house and the state Senate. The trifecta is what it's called. But this doesn't just happen on its own. Now, granted, the Republicans have been a big help, keeping Donald Trump around, 
running wackadoodle candidates, QAnon supporting crazy, crazy people. And, you know, the majority of Americans are not crazy. They don't want to vote for crazy. It's such a pleasure to watch the people in your state saying, that's it, I've had enough, and do the right thing. Everybody's kind of pinching themselves and wondering, you know, how did this happen? How did, how? <laughs> I mean, we all worked hard, yes. But, but it was also one thing that I want to share with you and in the hopes that maybe you can get this going in your state for 2024. So if you can stay with me for a little bit here today, I'd like to give you this uh, personal update from my home state. Um, but before we get started, I just want to mention that we are celebrating our third anniversary of producing Rumble with Michael Moore. Uh, three years ago this weekend, December in 2019, we had our, our very first uh, podcast. You know, the first one was just kind of an introductory of what I wanted to do and what I hope to accomplish with the podcast. Episode number two, I had my first guest on, the great uh, Daniel Ellsberg. And then the third episode, we got on the train, went down to Washington, D.C., and sat in the front row up in the balcony of the House, the House Gallery, while they conducted the vote to impeach Donald Trump for the first time. And we sat there. We were witnesses to it. It was an amazing thing. And then uh, we had our equipment with us that we well, we couldn't really record there in the, inside the chamber. But on the train on the way back, we did the episode on the Amtrak, riding back with everybody who had gone down from New York to witness this historic event. It was really a moment. This has been an incredible three years, 266 episodes, covering so many issues, having so many great guests. Much, much gratitude. Thank you for these three years of Rumble. And we've got some very cool things that we're cooking up starting as early as next week. So more on that later. But uh, before I go back to what I want to share with you, the secret of our success in Michigan, I want to thank our underwriters for today. So our first underwriter I want to thank today is a longtime supporter of this podcast, and it's Shopify. Now, as you know, a year ago, we launched the More Store. Now, this is my online shop where a portion of the proceeds for every t-shirt or hoodie or coffee mug you buy goes toward causes that I care deeply about, like bringing civics classes back into our public school classrooms and ending voter suppression across the country. Shopify made this idea of mine for the More Store come to life, and I'm so grateful that they are an underwriter of this podcast. Shopify, just so you know, it's an all-in-one platform, a commerce platform that makes it simple for any of you to set up your own online shop. Millions of people already use it all around the world. Set this up online if you want to start your own little business and you want to do this direct to the public. This is an incredible way to do it. This is how a lot of people get their start. And the best part is they offer 24-7 support for you. They also provide free on-demand business courses to help you succeed every step along the way. So if you've got an idea for your own online store, sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash rumble and make sure rumble is all lowercase. Shopify.com slash rumble, rumble all lowercase. Do that and you can start selling online today. Shopify.com slash rumble, rumble in lowercase. And thank you, Shopify, for supporting this podcast. Our other underwriter today, and I really want to thank them and the good work they do, and a lot of us, you know, use this app, Calm, C-A-L-M. Calm, it's the number one mental wellness app 
that gives you the tools you need to improve the way you feel. They offer guided meditations to reduce stress or anxiety and daily movement sessions to relax your body. You know, if you're struggling to fall asleep at night, they help with that too. They offer immersive sleep stories for kids, for adults. You listen to it as you drift off to sleep. And the best part is new content is added every single week. There are over 100 billion people around the world now using Calm to help de-stress, to help sleep better, and to live a happier, healthier life. So for listeners of this show, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash rumble. So all you got to do, go to calm, that's C-A-L-M dot com slash rumble for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash rumble. And thank you, Calm, for being supporters, not only of this podcast, but for putting a focus on the mental health of this country and helping us in even the smallest of ways to get through the day. It's so important. Thank you. The blue tsunami in the state of Michigan in the election on November 8th. Let me just share with you why that has happened. Because there is the secret sauce that if you just do one thing in each of your states, I can guarantee you that many of them could have the results that Michigan had. And don't say to yourself, no, Mike, that's not possible here because, you know, it's Kansas, it's whatever, it's Republican, it's a red state. Yeah, okay. You know, we can keep whining about that or uh, we can change it because sadly, Michigan had this Republican governor for many years, Rick Snyder. And then back in the 90s and early 2000s, we had another Republican governor, John Engler. And these two governors who both got multiple terms helped to destroy our state. And we didn't seem like we could do anything about it, even though we were traditionally a democratic state, the home of the modern day labor movement. And yet Republicans were calling the shots. I mean, as soon ago as 2016, more people in Michigan voted for uh, Democrats than they did Republicans. Okay, so, so the Democrats got the majority of people out to vote. And yet the Republicans had a majority of the House of Representatives in the state of Michigan, even though they have fewer people voting for them. How does that happen? Gerrymandering, 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 racist gerrymandering. You know, we have a number of majority black cities, Detroit, Flint, Saginaw, Benton Harbor. And then there are those that are pretty close, 50-50, a number of Detroit suburbs. And so what they do is they carve up the black districts, the black neighborhoods, and make it difficult for um, African-Americans and Democrats to win. And they did this for years, years, and years until we put a stop to it in 2018. A lot of what I'm going to tell you here about what we did in Michigan to turn the state around is based on the fact that we had a ballot proposal in 2018 that passed and it made gerrymandering illegal and it brought out voters who wanted an end to this racist practice. And when they did that, because it brought out so many people who would vote, for Democrats in 2018, that's when we flipped the governor's chair 
Attorney General, Secretary of State, Lieutenant Governor. And they all got reelected here last month. I said I was going to give you one thing. If they could do one thing in your state, if you wanted to turn things around, end gerrymandering. And don't expect the politicians to do it for you because they benefit from it. Even the Democrats have benefited from it, you know, because you, you are in there and you're carving up the map. But generally, if it's a Republican-controlled state, they really carve up the... I mean, the, you've seen some of the drawings of districts in these Republican states. It's pretty appalling. But in 2018, a young woman in her 20s decided to start a petition drive to get a ballot proposal on the ballot in the state of Michigan that would essentially outlaw gerrymandering and provide voting rights and stop voter suppression. And she was incredible. And people just joined up. I mean, it was just one posting on Facebook and the thing just blew up. And all of a sudden there's thousands, tens of thousands of Michiganders joining with her to get this on the ballot. And the Republicans couldn't believe how many signatures they got. They fought it went all the way to the Supreme Court in Michigan. Republicans tried to keep it off the ballot. They couldn't succeed. And once it was on the ballot, that essentially it would be a crime to gerrymander. And one of the ways to prevent that in the ballot proposal is that it said from now on, the districts would be drawn by an independent, nonpartisan commission of citizens. The name of their group this group she formed was called Voters, Not Politicians. Voters, the citizens, would decide the map, not the politicians who benefit from the map. And in doing so, they snuff out the voices of people of color and others who don't have the power to draw the map. The map is now drawn by citizens uh, who are vetted and have to, they have to prove they're not in there as a party functionary for either party. They are there to draw an honest map and they redrew the map in Michigan. They drew an honest map. And then of course, after the census here in 2020, the map got tweaked again. And now when people went to vote last month, the vote wasn't being suppressed they weren't voting in some wackadoodle, weirdly drawn district. They were voting along with their neighbors and the people who lived and worked with them, participated in a similar economy, had similar issues that they're concerned about, whether it's about the environment or, or criminal justice or whatever. You voted along with your neighbors. Your voice was going to be heard. And so that's what happened last month. And once the map was fair, the Republicans were no longer in charge because the people don't want the Republicans. The people of America don't want the Republicans running the country. I'll say it again. In seven of the last eight presidential elections in this country, where the whole country gets to vote, only once since George I, George H.W. Bush was president, since his election in 1988, from then until now, the Republican running for president has only won the popular vote once. And that was with baby Bush in 2004. 
in the middle of a war where we in America, we didn't, we've never thrown a president out during a war. So he barely wins that election in 04 with one state, Ohio, 100,000, 150,000 votes. That's it. So for all these years, in seven of the last eight presidential elections in the 34 years since the 88 election, the vast majority of Americans have voted for the Democrat. It was on the ballot. That's why Gore won by a half a million votes. Hillary won by 3 million votes. Biden won by 7 million votes. Noticing a trend. This has so freaked out the Republican Party over the years, over recent years, that they have done everything that they have been able to get away with to gerrymander these voting districts so they can draw the map so Republicans can get elected. I just, I would just like to ask, you know, Republicans, how do you feel? with? I mean, I guess, yeah, you want to win, so win by any measure, even if it's sort of kind of cheating the map? Because you know the American people don't want you anymore, right? You got that message, right? You've only won the popular vote once since 1988. The American people don't want you in charge. But you want to stay in charge. Okay, I get that. You know, it's hard to break up. It's hard to leave when you're no longer wanted. So then you do all these tricks, all this voter suppression, make it hard for people to vote, um, have poll watchers challenging black voters, brown voters. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've done it. You've done it all. And you've succeeded in keeping a lot of our states red and Republican when in fact, maybe they aren't red and Republican. And you took over our state of Michigan for many, many years. The majority of our congressional delegation was Republican, even though the majority of voters who were voting in the state of Michigan were Democrats. How do you feel doing that? I'm just curious. I only have like one experience personally I can relate to um, back in uh, when I was on the uh, eighth grade basketball team. And um, I had a really good hook shot. Um, I was not a good runner, but my hand-eye coordination was pretty good. And so I was, and I could hook it from way over in the corner, like near the out of bounds. And so during one of these games, I let off a hook shot over my head all the way from the corner where the two out of bounds lines come together, except as I was doing it, I looked down and I saw that my foot was like an inch out of bounds. I made the hook shot swish right in. And of course the students on our side, you know, went wild and cheering and, and okay, I'm sorry. I've got a conscience. I mean, we all have a conscience, but mine is maybe sometimes a little too active. I went up to the ref and I said, um, I was out of bounds when I made that shot. And he looked at me like, what kind of crazy kid are you? You know, I said, it's not right. I shouldn't get those points. And he just goes, he was mad at me actually. So he just like, blows his whistle, and then announces that I was out of bounds. And, um, 
you know, my coach, Mr. Herman, was like, what happened? What, and I, I went over to him and I told I said, I told the ref that I did that, that, that shot wasn't legal. It was, I was out of bounds. This is a Catholic school league. And this, you know, this coach was so kind of salt of the earth and so very much in his Catholic place. And um, he didn't hit me. He didn't yell at me. He just nodded his head and uh, approved of my, what everybody else considered a faux pas people. The team was so mad at me. And I was like, why are you nuts? I said, hey, what's, that's not right. It's not right to claim the basket if I didn't make it, if I was out of bounds. So I want to ask the Republicans, you're out of bounds. The American people don't want you. You don't win these elections properly. How do you feel knowing when you take a seat in the state house or the state Senate or in Congress that the majority of the people actually didn't want you there, don't want you there, and yet you're sitting there? I would feel so creepy every day going in there, going in on the floor of the house, taking my seat, knowing that I was elected in a kind of a fraudulent way, but a way that the Republican Supreme Court has, they keep allowing it because they like being on the Supreme Court, a six to three court, six to three Republican court, when the majority of Americans are not Republicans, do not vote for Republicans, and yet there the Republicans sit taking away women's rights, getting rid of good gun laws that get passed. That was another thing they did this summer. So I just wanted to do this today. I wanted to to encourage all of you who live in many states where it seems like something is wrong. Like, why are the Republicans still in charge? Why are we still considered a red state? when oftentimes you can see after election after election, it's the Democrats are getting more votes. So here's my encouragement to you to follow the Michigan model. You need to get a ballot proposal, if your state allows such a thing, on the ballot in the next election. That eliminates gerrymandering. Crib the Michigan one, copy it. I'll post a link to it here. You could do this in your states, if you if they allow ballot proposals. And if they don't allow ballot proposals in your state, maybe you should think about making that happen. I think it's slightly more than half the states, there are some form of ballot proposal that's allowed. But the other half need to be able to have direct democracy also, need to be able to pass laws. The voters need to be able to pass laws at election time. So that is my challenge to you in purple states, red states, even blue states that still haven't done this yet. Once we start to do this, what's going to happen is what happened with us here in Michigan, where the Democrats now control the state, state government, state legislature, and in many of our local cities, towns, townships, Republican mayors were booted out. Republican county commissioners were booted out. I mean, it was like one big boot going across the state of Michigan last month. It was a beautiful thing to see. And you, I know, would love to see it in your state. So get your petition drive going so you can get it on the ballot in 2024. 
And if you don't have a way to put a ballot proposal on, then start the lobbying efforts to get your state government to allow ballot proposals and point out to the Republicans that, you know, they can benefit from this too. That means they can put ballot proposals on. They can try to get them passed. And don't tell them that they're not going to have much success because even in this election last month where the right to an abortion was put into the state constitutions of Michigan, California, and Vermont, Republicans did have ballot proposals on the ballot in uh, Kentucky and Montana, but their ballot proposals were to prevent abortion, to ban abortion, and those ballot proposals lost. Why? Because the majority of Americans agree with us because there are more of us than there are of them. And there, it will be that way for some time to come. Why? Because every year, 4 million 17-year-olds in this country become 18. And you know what? They don't want to vote for Donald Trump or anybody that looks or sounds like Trump. They don't hate people because of their race or because they're LGBTQ. You know, we've raised a pretty good generation or two of young people. And every year, 4 million of them become eligible to vote. And they vote by overwhelming numbers, high, well up into the 60 percentile. When young voters vote, they vote for Democrats. And the more that we encourage this and get them out to vote, the more that we put ballot proposal issues uh, like student loan forgiveness or raising the minimum wage, anything that would benefit young people to get them out to vote will guarantee that you will get more Democrats elected in your state. I don't mean to make it sound like it's that simple, but my friends, it is that simple. And I saw it happen again last month in my home state of Michigan. And I thank you for giving me this time today to talk once again about the state of Michigan, but I'm doing it only because I want you to be inspired by how we pulled this off. And it, it only took from the 2018 midterm to now. Trump won the state of Michigan in uh, 2016. So we ended that, voted for Biden. This can happen where you live. And I have some other cool things that I wanna talk to you about. I'm gonna start off a podcast series another tsunami series next Sunday on Christmas day. And I'll tell you more about it later this week, but I'm going to give you a wealth of information and tactics and strategy of how you can pull this off. How, even if you live in the reddest County, the reddest state or whatever, you know, we may not turn it around a hundred percent, but you can start to peel away, to dig into, a Democrat here, a Democrat there. I think you're really going to like what we're planning here on Rumble and on my Substack. Get people to sign up for my Substack. There's no paywall. I mean, yes, you could get a paid subscription, but all that really means is you want to help us do our work here. You know, five bucks a month. Great. Thank you. It's much appreciated. Give gift subscriptions uh, here this week for the holidays, but you don't have to. It's all free. Every podcast is free. Every one of my Substack columns is free. And again, I want to thank you for these three years of listening to Rumble with Michael Moore, for sharing it with your friends and your neighbors and your family. I can't wait to do more of this and I can't wait till you see 
what I'm planning to do here in the new year. So more on all of that starting next week. Let's stay in touch here. I'm going to close with another Michigan song by another a Michigan group uh, led by these two young women from my town from that, I'm, that I live in, Traverse City, Michigan. They're called The Accidentals. The song is called, I think I played it maybe a year ago here. Uh, it's called Michigan Again and Again and again and again and again thank you everybody thank you for being a part of this this is michael moore my thanks to my producer and editor angela vargos and uh we will see you later this week uh, here on rumble with michael moore of sleeping bags Breathing in the shallow canyon air The water 45 degrees We read out to the knees And soak to the sleeves in a semi-aquatic prayer Great state, what state am I in? Compass roses bloom again Home of the water Canada's daughter Cradled in a present moon grin Michigan and again and again and again and again Michigan and again and again and again and again Soft shoulders of sand Pine cactus flowers bloom in the dust of the devil's empty living room. Salt silts the frightened land, the time like a snake.